Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now I'm no longer alone, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Manchester City won the league again and Leeds United escaped the drop. It's Monday, 23rd of May. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. Luke... Hey everybody, it's the start of the working week. Luke Aaron Moore, to give him his full name. That's my full name. Yeah, it is, baby. Yeah. Don't wear it out. <laughs> do you remember when people used to say that? You did stu- you still do say that. Yeah. Like, Only about you. Okay. I just wherever I go, people always ask me about you. That's not true. Yeah. That's yeah. not true. It is true to an extent. Uh everybody, the league season, the Premier League season yeah. is over. Still got a few one or two playoffs. I forget how many. But we've we've finished the Premier League, Jim. It's all wrapped up in a neat little package. Yeah. And Manchester City are the champions. They are. And uh, do you know what? I'd like to... F- Obviously, Manchester City won 3-2 against Aston Villa. Came from two goals down. Liverpool had to come back from a goal down against Wolverhampton Wanderers to win 3-1. It went all the way to the wire. To those four teams, thank you. On behalf yeah. of the neutrals, thank you. Because often us neutrals are forgotten about. Yeah, but that's yes. all we ask is for a bit of excitement. Absolutely. Whether you wanted the Blues or the Reds to win, or you didn't give two shiny jobbies, <laughs> we wanted drama, and we, and we bloody well got it. That's yeah. what we pay our 
various subscriptions for. <laughs> That's why we won't learn. Exactly, yeah. Jim. Yeah. Well, Manchester City, they did back-to-back Premier League titles. Again. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, Villa had them going for a bit, didn't they? They did. Didn't, didn't they? they just... I mean, when, it's what, when, when Matty Cash heads in that goal... And it goes in 1-0. Oh, what a beautiful head it is as well. Yeah. What a beautiful head. What a beautiful piece of hair he's got on there. Yeah, a piece was... of hair. <laughs> that's what people say now. Uh, Jim, that's a nice piece Fine of hair piece you've got there. You've got there. <laughs> yeah. So what would you like on your piece today, sir? Yeah. Something different? Because is... Gundogan scored um, a couple with uh, a piece of his foot as he well, did, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Going to get my piece But, but it was funny because when, when they eventually scored that second goal, yeah. It was like they frightened themselves. Absolutely. It was yeah. like they were like, okay. And Steven Gerrard even said in the post-match, he said, mm. we kind of changed our plan. We didn't We didn't really, we, we just basically tried to contain instantly, yeah. which is what, not what I wanted us to do. Mm. It was almost like, because it wasn't too long before City's first goal, and of course they scored three and five minutes, but it was like a really odd thing from Villa. They completely... Fright, like, to me like they frightened themselves they just, well they handed the initiative to City right? wow. and, and what more kind of motivation can you need than winning the league in mm. quite dramatic circumstances they, they did but the whole game was being played in their half and that was personified by that Watkins chance at yes. 1-0 Could have gone when two, it was yeah. straight from the mm. kickoff, yeah. and he was inside his own half when he made the run yeah. so it showed you actually that the, the, that dynamic I mean Gerard obviously is right that it, it perhaps they got a bit panicky and and suddenly there was uh, an urgency, and that suddenly can mentally fatigue you very quickly, quickly yeah, exactly. when when that happens. Um, and of course, Watkins had a chance for for, for two oh, nil, wait, wait, which, he, which he missed. But when Coutinho scored, well, when it right? went 2-0, I, I mean narrative all over. When it went two nil through Coutinho, yeah. I was daring to dream. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I wonder because the situation in the Liverpool game, I was thinking. Man, if Liverpool score yep. in the 93rd minute and 20 yeah. seconds, yep. this would be yeah, like yeah, the yeah, most yeah. amazing thing ever. I have to say, as a, as a neutral purist, which unfortunately, as you've touched upon, Marcus, we all sort of have to be now. Indeed. Is that what you um, call Arsenal fans these days? <laughs> purists. No, we're purists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neutral purists. Chaotic purists. Yeah. Um, Extreme purists. Yes. All of those. But yeah. I, w- I was sort of hoping that Liverpool would go ahead. Like, so, yeah. While it, to put the pressure on. To yeah. put the pressure on, yeah. And that didn't quite happen. It's not to say it's not a sort of grandstand of a finish. It was absolutely amazing. What really strikes me about situations like this and they don't come along too often is that you get commentators trying to be the person who defines the moment and oh, obviously yeah. the, the know, Aguero thing yeah. we all remember that clearly that wasn't wasn't planned it was just mm. spontaneous Guy Mowbray's offering was a big blue turnaround <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that one's really going like to have the same cultural <laughs> impact sounds yeah. like a truck <laughs> on a motorway <laughs> yeah because uh, I, th- I think I think um, <laughs> Tyler did do a reference to that didn't he say oh, no, he, he did to. a sequel he, he said something like it, I mean people who are listening will remember better than me but he said something like you know because you know after the Aguero thing when that happened he said I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again yeah, yeah. he mentioned something like that when this when the final whistle went which sounded weird to me because it's mm. like well we have seen this before yeah, from yeah. City mm. and we probably will see it again so it's yeah. a bit of a strange one really and, and it was so funny wasn't it that obviously final day they're at home against the side they, they should be although a better opponent this time round than the previous one with QPR yeah. and it ends 3-2 again and it's it's a, it's a comeback but uh, uh, this was obviously slightly different manner and once Manchester City got the first you thought to yourself yeah. right come on here you go yeah. and, it, and it is a, it is a, then it goes a bit training ground 
because Villa are just camped in their own uh, box, really. Can you break them down? Well, we know Manchester City are one of the finest sides probably that's ever played the game of breaking teams yeah. down. Um, uh, but it was that substitute, Gundogan, who came on and, and, and changed the whole thing, really, because they at 2-0 down, they looked like they were running out of ideas. De Bruyne was trying to force a few things. They were a little bit sloppy, wayward shots over the bar, and it really did look like bloody Nora. And if you're a Man City fan, especially at the game, you, you saw the faces, Jim. They were thinking, oh, no, this time we really are yeah, going to mess absolutely. it up. And also, as well, it's easy to forget with City that they had a reputation, deservedly so, for decades of just bottling things. Yes, and, and a lot that, of those fans will remember can't it. be that far away at any time, right? So that, that fear is very, very real. And um, mm. the jeopardy was just written all over their faces. But, you know, they just, they as you say, they... Do they know how to break teams down? It's, it's fun for them, isn't yeah. it? I didn't even think it was. I mean, I know it's me when you're saying that, the old training round thing. I didn't think Villa were anywhere near that. And it's easy for me to say, obviously, and City are a good team. And when they've got the bit between their teeth and they're going for mm-hmm. what they're going for, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But I thought, like, I, I, I felt like Villa probably could have kept their shape a bit better. And, I mean, and, yeah, and but, they didn't really do that. But the thing is, though, with, with Villa, you know, they would have been given uh, a very stern team talk before the game. And I don't want to start, say, you know, because Gerard's side really went for Liverpool when Liverpool needed to win mm. that game at Villa Park. And, and they were, you know, not that far away from getting something out of the game. So let's, let's you know, be clear about that. But of course, you know, what Gerard is trying to build at Villa is you want these marquee results. You want these, you know, if they'd have spoiled the party, that actually is the kind of result into next season. If the team's a bit down or they're playing a bigger opponent, going, well, remember we spoiled the party there. So, you know, remember what we did to Man City. So, so obviously he wants to win. Obviously he wants to get those players really, really G'd up. But once... Uh, that first goal goes in, and so on. It, it, suddenly, Villa are a bit like, "Oh, actually, crap!" And you kind of get—they can get caught up in the. Well, in maybe the Stephen Gerrard. Maybe Stephen Gerrard's just repellent to the league title. Yeah, maybe. Maybe like it's like kryptonite. Yeah, like it's like two opposite, the two same ends of a magnet. Possibly. As soon as the universe thinks he might be getting close to having some kind of say in a title race, to, in a positive way. In England. Yeah. In in England. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it um it flies back the the other way. Yeah, I mean, that's, that. that is... I think that's the most reasonable explanation. You're here. getting a little bit Matlatizzi, eh? If I'm honest. <laughs> that's an insult. Um, <laughs> I sat through that live stream and what for I, you. And what I enjoyed hurling at you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it bounces straight off me because I've had three uh, vaccines. Right, so it, okay. It's like a and a tinfoil hat does a, a hell of a lot of good in these situations. <laughs> not in the studio. No. Messes everything, wouldn't it? Uh, absolutely right. We've yeah. got cameras in here. Mm. I think it was Dave Jones on, on Sky Sports kept asking the pundits, but what if, you know, Liverpool had have scored do you think that would have put the willies up Manchester City it's not quite how he worded it and I think the pundit's just a bit like yeah but don't really it's, re- it's remarkable really for two reasons one because when you think about it, Liverpool were never actually in a position to be winning the league no. uh, throughout the whole afternoon and secondly in the, in the modern era of amazing communications mm. there was still a lot of confusion at Anfield I couldn't believe yeah, that yeah that and was strange all it seemed to have take, taken was for a couple of people to say oh they think they'll have scored again and that kind of rippled around Anfield mm. and and I mean, maybe it's, it's a fact that because they wanted it to have, be true. Could have been a plant, mate. Yeah, well, could have been. That would. I mean, now, now he's not a <laughs> it, it could. It, it just seems weird that people wouldn't have had the mechanism to check. Well, hang on a minute, that's not yeah. true because you could you could feel it. Well, the only thing is, around the stadium. The only thing sometimes in football stadiums is sometimes hard to get a bit of signal. So I don't know. Maybe depends if you did agree to a mobile provider. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know those masts, Luke. You've got to stay away from them. <laughs> right, but, stop it. <laughs> Jim's fucking getting twitchy over here. Now. I know he is. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Jim. Um, what about the masts? 
<laughs> don't Tell me G- afterwards. Don't get Jim on today. Tell me afterwards. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But uh, I forget what I was going to say. Yeah. But I, just, I think it would be a bit of a in the, in, in, the, in the modern age where everyone's got mobile phones. Going, I'm going to go to that stadium and I'm going to I'm going to mess with them all because yeah. you know as you say. But uh, but as you say, Liverpool they they were at no point top of the league. In fact, look, you you gave us a, a remarkable stat before we went in. Well, it's not my stat. It's the great Richard Jolly, who I know we're all fans. Oh, of Oh, absolutely. Was it yeah. Richard Jolly? Actually, it might not have even been Richard Jolly. Well, so let's I'll give him a mention. How good Richard Jolly is. You yeah. just assume <laughs> that Manchester United were top of the league more days than mm. Liverpool were this season. Yeah. So. Who had they the came closer to winning then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that's true. Yeah, uh, but uh, but we, we we should go back to Manchester City uh, and uh, Pep Guardiola. When the third goal went in, obviously there was huge scenes. Can I suggest that his little celebration was David Pleat esque? It was a bit. Yeah. yeah, it's a little gallop, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a little a gallop. gallop. It was. He, he just didn't know what to do. Well, with I think. Th- yeah, because it shows you the jubilation. Because I think he knew how crucial it was. Now, obviously, winning the league is phenomenal in any season for any team at any moment and and the league I you know the league is the priority now having said that though I do think that Liverpool and Man City obviously Liverpool again they would swap places if they could I think they would I think Manchester City would want to be in the final of the Champions League and I think Liverpool would want to win the, the pre- yeah. I think they might swap but anyway that, right. that aside the league is your bread and butter that's your that is that is your your, your priority I personally think uh, unless you're Real Madrid or Paris Saint-Germain, but mm. then usually it's a bit of a given. But I, but I think the, the jubilation, he knew how crucial it was because had they have gone a whole season without winning a trophy and Liverpool obviously winning the quadruple, you, know, you just can't stomach yeah. that. And of course, the way and the manner, they, they turn it round and so on. Um, but Jim, you certainly enjoyed his uh, post-match uh, interview with oh, Gary Lineker was, on Match of the Day. It was like a man explaining jazz. Um, <laughs> to a dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but not compromising in any way <laughs> on, on the depth of knowledge that he was yeah. displaying. It was mm. incredible because um, he was asked about the Gundogan substitution and he was just like, he just went off on one. He was like, he's our best player running in behind from twenty like over 20 minutes meters or something like that and he mentioned Johan Cruyff in there I yeah, think yeah. as well just absolutely went but, off on one he'll, have, he'll be floating around in space now Pep still yeah. talking about that he, like he was going to take off so that match the day interview is obviously pre-rec right because mm. they can't get him to turn up at 10.30 I mean, he's going to be in the yeah. loser he? With, with, with the team well, reportedly in the ivy until 3am Yeah, was that the actual ivy though or the ivory brasserie which isn't as good I don't know but I'd Jack, love to know that. Jack Grealish was uh, reported to have drank many beers Rock quote. <laughs> rolled his shorts up didn't he yeah, yeah. did he yeah, right. make sure those calves are on display for the uh, for the title. Uh, oh yeah, of course. It's a big part of his personal brand, right, indeed. But anyway, so Pep, the point I was going to make is that interview between Lineker and Pep is pre-recorded, but yeah, Pep yeah. Guardiola is so difficult to edit <laughs> because he never stopped <laughs> yeah. talking. Yeah, you know that they had to cut it at really odd places, which made him look even weirder. Yeah, because he, he, he did that I'm thing for it. That monologue you talked about, Jim, was amazing, but it just cut, and then Gary Lineker just carried on as if nothing had happened. Yeah, but it, almost as if to go, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Just don't, don't, it's almost like when a child says a swear word, don't react yeah. because you'll encourage them. Yeah. Um, I also um, love the fact that Pep celebrated after the, the David Pleat thing mm-hmm. and, and obviously he cried as well. Yeah. Because uh, obviously emotional. it meant a lot to him. He also celebrated by spending quite a lot of the post match presentation in really deep conversation with Scott Carson. Love that. Which is uh, <laughs> absolutely love that. It's just like, it's just amazing. T- tell me more about Nathan Redden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's like yeah. people say, you know, on, on, on wedding days, the bride and groom don't really see each other that much. It's no. like that for Pep when with pr- trophy presentations. Yeah. I think so that was Scott with Carson because he's not never in the first yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> he never gets to talk with him, and now it was but his Pep, chance. Pep would have worked out somewhere in his mind mm. to convince himself that this season Scott Carson's been their most important. But player. the thing Absolutely. is, though, that's but he does keep everybody interested in the squad. 
It, it, you know, everybody, they want to play for him. And then there are some players who haven't played that much. I mean, Gundogan hasn't mm. played that much lately, has he? And then goes on and, and plays a starring role. So I don't know. I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Carson stayed. Oh, I just for the, for the avoidance of doubt, I do still think, besides all that, Pep yeah. Guardiola is a really good manager, mate. Yeah. I'm not slagging him off. Well, it's, you know, I'm not saying a big, intense conversation with Scott Carson's undermined his trophy. 11th trophy in six years since coming to England. Good. So I think you need a bit more respect for the ball. <laughs> ball. Um, <laughs> the crazy peanut. Mention, <laughs> mention for Fernandinho. Yes. yes. His last game for Manchester City. Yeah. Well done him. Yep. Hey, what a player. What yeah, definitely a definitely deserves a mention. Um, it was, um, I mean, he'll obviously go off on a high one, but I think he's going back to Brazil, isn't he? Probably. Um, he's had an incredible career. He Good is. on him, I say. An incredible time in England. Speaking of incredible careers, Liam Gallagher, would you say he's had an incredible mm. career? I think he has had an incredible career. He's had a good comeback. Still Although going. Jamie Carragher, yeah. Jamie Carragher wasn't having any of it on Twitter. Although he did call out Carragher, call him a bell end. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Carragher said, he said, what are you saying? And he said, you'll never win the Champions League in Oasis or shite compared to the Beatles. What do you think of that? I mean, what I think of that is, what I think of that is that Jamie Carragher has let himself down mm. by going down to Liam Gallagher's constant Twitter level. Yeah. yeah. Liam Gallagher's basement, shall yeah, we call yeah. it. <laughs> cannot win that argument. No, but they say, you know, it drag you down and beat you with experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what's happened there. Exactly what happens there. Yeah, um, but as Liam quite rightly pointed out, Liverpool nearly won the title. They did. Yeah. Didn't um, he also say congratulations to me, LG? <laughs> so, that's what you're dealing with. Well, listen, did, what's yeah. the first song that Man City played in the stadium after they won the, um, the first, sorry, not the first song, the first chant the fans embarked upon mm. was a, a reworking of Hey Jude. And yeah. only afterwards did the Man City Stadium play Wonderwall. They often play a role with it at the end of their games, don't they? Well, I'm just saying the Beatles got, got given top billing. They did. Well, that, so that, that's that, a moral victory for Cara. And Liverpool, perhaps. Mm. Um, uh, there was a pitch invasion at the end, as is the custom now. Um, yeah. Sad to see that uh, Robin Olsen was assorted by some Man City fans. Yeah, why are you doing that? I know, it's, it's just... It's just one dickhead does it on one pitch, so more dickheads are like, oh, I can be a dickhead. It's it's mm. just contagious I, idiocy. I saw someone yesterday saying, um, oh, what it was is that fans have had so long uh, out of the game because of COVID, they're just really enthused. Uh, no, it's like, no, what, no, so no, they're committing so crimes yeah. Yeah, because they're, so they've, they've been stuck at home. It's ridiculous. I really hope that this doesn't happen at the playoff final. Well, the annoying thing... That's the last sort of opportunity for Jim, it. Jim, the annoying thing is... It's if, like that impenetrable fortress that is Wembley, Jim. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, if you were going to defend some kind of pitch invasion in some capacity, mm. it would probably be Craven a Cottage. league title, oh, a promotion, mm. something like that. Not just, just oh, it's the last day, so but we're going to do it anyway. People are behaving but the problem themselves. is, I actually felt like, um, not just the Robin Olsen thing, which of course was unacceptable, and mm. I hope the people who are, you know, caught for that and, and punished to the full extent... Mm. I actually think, generally speaking, it's quite frightening. If, if you're a player, yeah. and I know it's a positive thing, but you, you have a situation where football players have to be surrounded by five or six stewards mm. while people are hitting them on the head, yeah, yeah, yeah. like grabbing them. Most Large them groups of people as well. Drunk, probably, yeah. and perhaps something else as well. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not a great situation to be in. And, and, and I know that the stewards get criticism, but of course, they don't really get paid that much and they're, they're not as professional as perhaps we'd like them to be, but not, not for any fault of their own. But actually, the ultimate situation is mm. there's that many people there there's no amount of stewards going to sort it out anyway you no. can't do anything about well, it at the Emirates yesterday um, stewards surrounded both dugouts at the end of the game just in case it's clearly probably a league wide thing like the chances I mean, of there being a pitch invasion I, I, there in that situation yeah, but it's clearly thinking about it right it's yeah. probably because they're really desperate to get the latest capsule drop of merch yeah, yeah I mean? well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that stuff goes quick. Yeah. Arsenal sell a lot of merch. Down they the do. tunnel, get it yeah. out. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, if there was a pitch invasion at Arsenal on the weekend, you know, 
that would have been quite something. I've got some opinions on Arsenal, which me and Jim are going to clash about later in the show. We'll get to that in a bit. But uh, Pep Guardiola was, was effusive with his praise for, for Liverpool at the end of the game. Easy and, in it when you want it. And it is very, very easy when you want it. So it's been, it's been a great title race. There's too uh, much respect between them, I think. Uh, do you reckon? Yeah. Okay. Well, perhaps some sort of fist fight. It wouldn't happen on Jose Mourinho's watch. Certainly not. <laughs> uh, certainly not. No I mean, eye poking. Yeah. No criticising of people as being voyeurs. Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, yeah, it's, it's not enough. It's not good enough. No yeah. singling out one of his own players with criticism. <laughs> But I mean, it is worth pointing out that Liverpool, 19 games unbeaten since the turn of the year in the league, and it just wasn't enough. No. Yeah. They've just been so, so good. Well, and, didn't, uh, they, didn't they not win any games against the rest of the top four? Ooh. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, but the, I, I was saying last week that there was, the timing looked quite good. Like the timing, they came into their own towards the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And we said, didn't we, on the show last week, where it might, they might just come short. Yeah. And they, they have, obviously have come up slightly short. But I mean, 92 points again, it's incredible really. And and, and the, the paltry return in terms of league titles mm-hmm. they've had under Klopp doesn't tell the story of how good they've been. No. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you know, you can only have one winner of the league. So that's just oh, how it goes. That is how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Shame for Thiago. He might miss the Champions League final. That, that is a shame. That is a, that's a big thing. Uh, nice for Divock Origi being given a guard of honour though. He's yeah. a legend there. Uh, he's off to uh, newly crowned Serie A champions AC Milan. Origi's an interesting case because he's a legend at Liverpool and I believe rightly so. Not for anything he's done in terms of quantity, but in terms of what he's done in quality. Mm-hmm. He's been there quite a lot longer than most people realise and obviously his contributions have been absolutely key in you know, Champions League games and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really nice, actually. I don't mean this in a patronising way because I do think he's a good player. I think it's really nice that that kind of stuff is acknowledged and it's not just a player who's played 500 games yeah. uh, or you know, the player who's you know scored a memorable goal yeah. and that's it. There's, there's well, so, I mean, with Origa, I suppose it is that, but my point being that it's a non-traditional way to be, to have a guard of honour, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know it would have been the easiest thing in the world for them to not, um, to not give him that and it speaks to how well organised and how kind of together that team is on the clock but they've taken the time to do that and to be fair to Liverpool fans as well they've obviously really always acknowledged him and appreciated him indeed and on the game itself by the way mm. um, I didn't think Liverpool were very good mm. I thought I know I know you could say that about City because of the way they started and how Villa kind of pegged them pegged them back well went too ahead of them I thought Liverpool were very underwhelmed I thought the game was a lot more open and, and for I know they eventually came through and got a couple of goals I thought their tempo was really, really slow compared to what you're used to at Liverpool. And it surprised mm. me. And that's a testament to them that it surprised me. Mm-hmm. But it seemed almost as if they knew that City were going to do it and it, it sunk in with them and then they just couldn't raise themselves. Yeah. Mm. I think, I, I mean, them ultimately getting the win though. Both teams getting the win on the last day, regardless of the circumstances, or especially because of the circumstances, it just shows how sort of indefatigable these, these teams have been. Mm. And it's just... Um... Well, Wolves, I think, was it they had a chance to make it too? I mean, I suppose the early goal is, you know, sort of knocked a bit of the stuffing out of them. But, I mean, Liverpool, they do have the Champions League final coming. They've just had the FA Cup final. They've had, the, you know, the relentless of having to win and win and win yeah. because they were chasing because yeah. they were that far behind. I don't know. I mean, it, it's understandable if there's a little bit of fatigue in Yeah, there. I, I think it's understandable. And, and Wolves yeah. are a very hard side to to break down. I mean, I know, as I say, I know Man City beat them 5-1 or whatever it was recently and so on. But they've actually been very good defensively this season. And especially when they go a goal up, you know, they just kind of, um, uh, you know, they don't give anything away. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I suppose when they're 1-0 down and they hear that Man City um, have pulled it back, I, I don't know. I, I think they did well to win the game. I mean, if you, you've got to win the match just in case Villa get a last minute of course. or something. But you also, I mean, you also on the, these kind of occasions on the final day, it can go either way, right, with teams that don't have anything to really too much to worry about. They mm. can either just not, they just phone it in like Everton did, which we'll come on to, uh, and Norwich did. 
Um, although in fairness to Norwich, it might just be because they're not quite good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also mean you can play with a you know a lot of freedom, play with a lot of abandon. A good team like mm-hmm. Brighton who had a good result on the final day, nothing really to play for, but mm-hmm. they just you know, they're at home in front of their fans. They, yeah. They've had a good season. They probably felt good. Would you would you be concerned for Liverpool in this Champions League final coming up because they obviously they won the FA Cup, but um, I'm concerned for them anyway. Really? Like, yeah, because I think Real Madrid don't, Real Madrid have got a bit of... Um, I don't necessarily believe in this generally, but I think Real Madrid believe they've got a bit of destiny around this cup. And yeah. I think they don't know when they're beaten. Their journey to the final has been such a dramatic one. Mm-hmm. You can, If you're a superstitious type, you can start thinking, well, our name's on this trophy, and that can give you confidence. But I think with Liverpool, Jim, though, they look like they're... Like, look at Mo Salah. Now, obviously, he came on and he scored, but there's a slight sort of concern with injury or, or whatever it is there. I don't know. Do you think they're sort of slightly beginning to fatigue and slow down at the uh, wrong exactly time? Exactly the wrong time. Potentially, yeah. I mean, like, uh, the season they've had t- two cups. It's, it's great, obviously. They've had a great season, it, by it, the way. It, it they've won two trophies. Let's be and, clear. Uh, do, you th- do you think? I think there's a chance actually that the fear of that might hang over, hang over them a little bit. They are very, very good at kind of mentality, clearly, and, mentality and, and overcoming that sort of. So, yeah, they are mentality monsters, yeah. But you know, as Luke's touched on, Madrid are the same, and Madrid are canny as well mm. really really canny Madrid have somehow positioned themselves as the underdogs in this competition <laughs> despite having won it the most by some distance but they are though the underdogs in this game it feels that way doesn't it well, but they're Real Madrid and look at all the, look at their squad look at the players it's it's uh, it's, a, it's psychologically interesting already it is but yeah. I still think that Liverpool are the favourites because because I know you say look at the squad yeah of course they've got some good players but look at Liverpool's squad mm. I feel I feel like this is a big one for Salah isn't it because he's going to have unfinished business in this particular fixture in this particular well, he said that the thing that works into Liverpool's favour is they've got a week off and that's the first week off they've had in months yes and that will play into their hands but look, we'll talk about that we preview a Champions League final on Friday probably indeed we will yeah do. indeed nothing we else will. to talk about is there no probably not <laughs> uh, alright everybody let's have a quick break <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you excited to get started? Don't push me. You're on television. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good, man. Handled by security, Eric. It's Man United, a big club. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. <laughs> Andy, Andy Brussel there. Yeah. Trying to view Eric Ten Hag. <laughs> oh, poor old Eric. Right, before we go any further, let's see how we got on Betways 4 to score. Entry to Betways 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal score in Betways 4 selected matches. For your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot, make sure your selections are submitted before the first game for the further T's and C's apply. Game 1, Manchester City versus Aston Villa. Andy picked Riyad Mahrez. It was, of course, Maddie Cash. In Game 2, Liverpool versus Wolves. Jim picked Sadio Mane. It was Pedro Neto. Game 3, Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. Pete picked Juan Mata. Idiot. He was never going to do it. Uh, it was Wilfred Zaha. In Game 4, Leicester City versus Southampton. I picked James Madison. Idiot. It was James Madison. <laughs> uh, I've been let down by everybody else there, um, which makes a change. A, co- a consolation when you go forth, isn't it? It's uh, consolation, mate. Nothing more. See, I told you, I just need to change the order. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to do any emails today because, quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, the standard of emails this uh, this week has been pretty piss poor. Yeah. So up your game. Get your emails in for tomorrow and they'll they'll read the good ones out. I'm on the show tomorrow and exactly. if I don't hear any good emails and read them, I don't know, you can't really hear emails, can you? If I don't read any good emails, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, go at him, everybody. Show at footballramble.com. Show at Get footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Of course, Pep Talks on Wednesday. No doubt uh, he's got a lot to say after winning the league. Right, everybody, from the top to the bottom, let's talk about that relegation running because, again, drama. Jim Campbell, drama Mm. everywhere. After six seasons in the Premier League, Burnley were relegated to the Championship after they lost 2-1 to Newcastle United, of course. Leeds stayed up, quite impressively, with a 2-1 win at Brentford. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at those two fixtures in isolation before before the games, you would think that this is probably how it would play out, and and so it was. And it's um, it's a tough, tough one for Burnley, isn't it? Because they've got that situation with the loan. Mm. Uh, They've got a lot of players out of contract. Um, so players like James Tarkovsky and, and, and a few others where they probably hope to cash in give themselves a bit of a windfall then they're not really going to have that available to them so it's a bit of a disaster really yes I mean the, the, you know obviously people would often go on about Burnley's budget and what great a great job Sean Dyche did for keeping them up in those seasons in, in the Premier League Dyche has gone uh, they've gone down uh, I, I don't know whether they would have stayed up if he was in charge or not but perhaps that's a bit of a, you know, it's a dead argument, really, because yeah. he wasn't there. Uh, and playing Newcastle United, who just look like they just they now want to win every game possible. Also, I think they're they're really getting behind the idea of being the bad guys, right? So like, yeah, <laughs> let's fucking relegate someone on the last day of the season. <laughs> yeah, you like that, do you guys? Yeah. Um, do you remember your old striker? Here he is. <laughs> I, f- I find I find the Burnley situation interesting. Jim's right about that. You do fear for them now. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 sad to see because uh, obviously they're a good a, you know a good club and they've been in the Premier League for a while. But this whole Sean Dyche thing is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, because they've looked like this could be a season too far for them all season, mm. really. Right? They had that uh, terrible run at the start. Yeah, we were saying that at the start of the season. Yeah. You know, this could be the one they, time they go. Mm. And people want to talk about Sean Dyche. And you know, I like Roy Keane, but I didn't agree with his take yesterday when he said, you know, they deserve everything they get for sacking Sean Dyche. Mm. 
you have to be absolutely clear about this. Sean Dyche was in charge of that club all season until April. Until mm. April, right? Yeah. So then a month and a half left. He had he had he had ninety percent of the season to do what he wanted to mm. do. And when he was fired, he, they were on a terrible run. Still, yeah. they were they were like they'd won two out of their last seven. They were eighteenth mm. and four points from safety. I don't think Sean Dyche has some kind of special pass. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, you know, just because you know in the past he was a good manager yeah. and he's shown himself to, to do a good job. Like you don't you can't rely on that for the rest of your career. No. That's we we complain about that stuff all the time. Oh, how's Big Sam getting this job? How's Alan Pardew getting that job? Well, because they used to be good. Because it's in Bulgaria. Well, that's fair enough in Alan mm. Pardew's case. Yeah. Um, unless something's happened with Big Sam that I'm not aware of. <laughs> um, so, look, they had, they made the decision they had to make or they felt like they had to make at the right at the right situation you know, at the time. And and actually, Michael Jackson's um, Mike Jackson's kind of record, you know, he came up a bit short, but they did have a little bit of a boost to start with. It kind of felt like it may just work. And there was nothing to suggest going into that that they were going to get anything out of the season if they'd kept Dyche in. So we've got to be clear about that. Well, it was interesting what Ashley Barnes said in the post-match after this game, post-match interview. And he said, it's just, you know, winning three or four games or whatever it was in your first 20s is just not good enough. You know, that's where it happened. And he said, you know, the last few weeks or whatever, we've given ourselves a bit of hope. So actually, he was quite clear. He was basically saying, no, it, it was all because of all this crap that's happened before. Since Mike Jackson's come in, they have given themselves a bit of hope. They took it to the last day. And... Unfortunately for them, you know, they, they, they couldn't do it. I mean, there was a, a little period in the game where um, a draw seemed to be all right for Burnley. Was it V course who couldn't quite yeah. stretch long enough? Yeah. Now, obviously, the way it ended at Brentford with Leeds getting that last minute goal or, or injury time uh, winner, uh, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But that's how close it bloody was with Burnley. And they did give themselves a chance because of, of, of Mark Jackson coming in. And, if and only Veghorst was a bit taller. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if only he yeah. was a baller. Oh. <laughs> um, if only he was wearing stilts. Um, that's not the next line in the song, well, is it? No, I, no. I, it was a different song. Can, can I just say that, you know, Burnley got into the middle of February, having won one Premier League game. Mm, exactly. I mean, yeah. that tells you all you need to know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I feel sorry for Burnley fans, as I always do. If a team's relegated, I know what it's like to have my team relegated. It's not pleasant. All that good stuff. Mm. But let's not give Sean Dyche a pass here because he's no longer the manager of the club. I don't think he's, we are. He's not the manager. No, but I think a lot of the media are. Right. And there's no longer the manager of the club because he doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah. And what they had as a replacement wasn't quite good enough. But they flirted relegation. You know, reg- semi-regularly, and this season, I mm. felt the writing was on the wall very early. It's um, also it's an interesting um, relegation in a way, isn't it? Because they are the last team like that. I don't um, know what you mean in, in terms of maybe tarring them with a sort of Allardyce Pulis brush is a mm-hmm. bit much. But the teams that do play in that very very direct kind of way, there's there's no one left like that now. So it might be a bit of a sort of sea change in the Premier League, and it's a bit of a shame because. They have been this side who, as we say, with all the money sloshing around football... They're like a championship club hiding in the Premier League and yeah. they've done in- incredibly well to and, maintain it for so absolutely long. Absolutely right. And it, sh- and it should be said. Um, but, I mean, you know, scored 34 goals all season, which is very, very low indeed. Um, do you think Nathan Collins punching the ball to give Newcastle a penalty was a bad <laughs> That's decision? a great start, is it? In the context of all <laughs> no, that? it's not a great start. Yeah, OK. No. Yeah, fair and, and I, I, would, I should say, by the way, speaking of what you said there about Burnley in the Premier League, like there were times at their best under Dutch, but they're actually really good to watch. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're very well disciplined, very well drilled. Their shape was amazing. It's great to watch them doing how they... Because whether you agree with the tactic or not, you have to agree that they used to do it very well. Yeah, and also, I, I want to make it clear, I'm not saying that they, like, it, they were well. entirely sort of long ball merchants or anything sort of reductive um, mm-hmm. like that, but uh, or a retrograde rather, but there the were certainly 
they were a team that really that were really good at mixing it up and doing that when they needed to. And mm. there's no one else really left like that. No, there isn't, sadly. Uh, what about Leeds United, though? Unbelievable yeah. scenes at, uh, at Brentford. Did any confirmation that when the final whistle went, Jesse Marsh went, all right! <laughs> <laughs> it's actually called soccer. Yeah. Hamana, hamana, hamana. Etc, etc. We should be better than this, shouldn't we? No, yeah. we don't. No. It's a bit of fun. It's, it's a bit of just, fun. Oh, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. Okay, burgers uh, all round. I said, I know. Um, <laughs> Marsh has done a good job. And I think the reason why, personally, I believe he's done a good job is because, of course, the legendary status that Bielsa rightly has, yeah. Marshall that Bielsa rightly has at Leeds, Marsh was at great pains to say that when he came to the club, mm. the players were psychologically, physically, emotionally exhausted. It was very, very hard. It took longer than we thought it would because yeah. that often happens with Bielsa. Yeah. And then he's had to come in there and grab whatever he got, 15 points out of his 12 games or whatever, which was enough to keep him in the, in the mm. league. And I think, you know, obviously we've just contributed a bit to it there in a, in a fun way. It's hard for an American coach in England yeah. because English English fans and, and the English football establishment can be very snobby about American people being involved in the game. Mm. So if he had done a, you know, if he had got them relegated or they had mm. been relegated under his watch, he'd have been written off as another fucking Bob Bradley and that would have been that. Yeah. Um, and he's earned the right now to manage a season in the Premier League with Leeds, a full season, and we'll mm. see how he gets on. But um, I think it's worth pointing out that Leeds were only really going to get out of this by the skin of their teeth, chiefly because of what we just said, but also they had so many key injuries. Yeah. They've had such a difficult time of it in terms of personnel. That may well be down to Bielsa's methods. It probably mm-hmm. is at least partly down mm-hmm. to Bielsa's methods. And for them to get to get themselves out of it, uh, is, it the win on the final day of the season is great stuff for them. Uh, I like Leeds. I like them being in the Premier League. I'm pleased they, they've managed to stay up. Yeah, and, and, and Marsh, you saw the jubilation at the end of the game mm-hmm. when he was just on the ground. I can't remember if, if it was when the goal went in because they were acutely aware of what was going on at Burnley. But but anyway, when it was clear that Leeds was staying up, you know, the, the jubilation. I mean, it's funny though because we said recently that if Leeds do go down, which we thought they were going to only a game or two ago, it looked mm-hmm. pretty bleak for yeah, them. They lost like three games in a row. Exactly, yeah, and time, with that yeah. dreadful goal difference, we thought to ourselves, well, you know, People might say, "Well, why? Why did you get rid of Bielsa? At least the fans loved him, you know." Yeah. But you know, ultimately, when all said and done, the results and the league standings will dictate what the mood will say. And he's managed to keep them up. But when you've got a player like Rafinha in your side, oh, James, absolutely, you've always got a chance. At the time, not... time recording, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just Rafinha as always. It's Calvin Phillips, a few others in there who who are better than the position they're in. But as, as Luke said, they've had a lot of adversity, more more than most clubs have had to deal well, with. Well, Phil, Calvin Phillips hardly played. Uh, Same as Bamford, yeah, yeah no, but. But, but also, but on the Phillips day, been back in lately. Sure, but, but oh, on yeah. the day, I, yeah, I know you Rafinha just want to talk about Rafinha and his abs. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to talk about his abdominals and also um, the little prayer walk he did on his knees. It was the length of the pitch, terrifying. While the Brentford fans, <laughs> absolutely terrifying. Brentford fans were saying, "What the you doing?" And started. Yeah. There was even chance of wanker, wanker. <laughs> I, like, I think he knows what that means. Have you seen? I don't his think abs? he'd care either way. Do you know? What? I, I don't. That is classic football fans, isn't it? Because clearly it was quite odd when, when none yeah. of us knew what it was, uh, what he was doing. And you see the video. What's that? The, the, if, if I saw someone doing that, I wouldn't go. He's giving wanker. Yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Does this man need I help, mean, or should I bully him? Uh, yeah, we should, uh, we're in a position pitch invasion, here. and we'll do him. We're in a, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say we're in a position here where we're quite grateful. There's not been a pitch invasion. Yeah. They're assaulting. Yeah, but okay. imagine they all start doing it. They don't yeah. know why. They just follow him around on their knees. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the squad. Yeah, the, no, the, the crowd. Oh, I see. That would have been good. The Leeds. Um, the Leeds situation, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Um, they can't stay in the league next season if they concede seventy-nine goals. No. You, you cannot stay. In They're going to have to improve. Uh, uh, the squad um, and well, and hopefully injury-wise, as you say, get a few players. Because back. at one point under Bielsa, they were conceding so many goals, it was almost like a 
avant-garde kind of art project. Yeah. Oh, it was an absolute free for all. <laughs> yeah, they they went they went um through that run and in the middle of that run they lost seven nil to Man City. Mm. It was like they a... were conceding so many goals. Yeah, I remember when when Arsenal played them at Ellen Road. It was like a fucking Black Friday sale for goals. It was yeah. just crazy. Yeah, yeah give yeah. them away. Yeah. Give them away, but they stayed up. They, they did. did. They stayed up, and that's what Good you got to do, everybody. Um, yeah, that penalty from Rafinha, very cool. Such a pressure penalty. Well, he's, he's a top quality he's player. Brilliant. And the thing is, though, that, that what's great for them <clears throat> is a player like him could have just gone, oh, do you know what, I'll get a move elsewhere. I'll and he's he, moved around a lot as well. He has. He really wanted it. And and, and my goodness, uh, he, he did it. And, well, no uh, player wants a relegation on their record. No. But, uh, you know, he, he got down on his knees and as the old expression says, only the penitent man will stay up. <laughs> um, as the other expression says, wanker. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of those is Sean Connery? <laughs> Talking to wankers, Jim Spurs are in the Champions League. <laughs> Let's go back up towards the top of the yes. table, eh? Jim, what a great way to end the season. I, well, Arsenal, yeah. 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 Well, to be honest, it Showed was um, slugs, you? genuinely. Um, <laughs> Because it was all essentially decided by the end of it, I had a lovely day at the Emirates yesterday. It was because the, the pressure had gone mm. off because it was so difficult to enjoy it in the past running. It was just yeah. lovely day out of the carpet. It was good. But I know we're talking about Spurs now. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Harry Kane's goal because fuck me, Norwich. Like, it came from <laughs> their throw. And a thing that, like, there's so, there are so have many Have you seen things... Norwich match this season? <laughs> yeah, this happens yeah. a lot. But even then. <laughs> yeah. But like, one thing, there's a lot to, to praise about Harry Kane and, and the, the range of finishing that he has. Mm. But, the stoop is something that I don't think we yeah. talk about enough. It's like he, he stoops so well, he can use his head like a third foot. <laughs> so it, like you can't give him a chance like that. I didn't no. imagine if like he took a penalty and he ran and he just dived along the turf and headed it <laughs> into the corner and of the you, goal. That would be want, spectacular. Do you want to give Norris any credit for genuinely like, staying true to themselves on the final day? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. It's authentic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was an authentic performance the from last, Norwich. You've got to give him that. The last thing you want to do is that Norwich fans go to Carrow Road on the final day and not really know where you are. Yeah. Mm, Pressure's yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, we are just quite shit though. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Norwich, I think the, the, the nightmare for Norwich is that obviously Spurs had to get the job done and, and, and be professional which they, they were weren't they they were fantastic Oh, well, they, they, their run has been amazing what have they considered yeah. five Premier League goals in their last 11 games something, or something? like that they, at the right moment they've been brilliant an overview of their season as well it's, it's, it's been fantastic when you look at the, the chaos around the club when, when Nuno was there at the beginning and, and how quickly when they Kane wanted to, to, to mm. Kane wanting to leave taking a while to get back up to speed as well after the sort of mm. complications of the Euros and it's a tough decision to sack a manager that quickly and then to 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 get Conte in at all, mm. to convince him to come, mm. then absolutely nail your signings in the January transfer yeah. window and, and motor up into to the top four when a lot of people, even Conte himself, had said it was unrealistic. I'm sure he didn't actually think that, but the narrative around them was they had a mountain to climb and fair play, they did. They've, they've got every important mm. moment completely right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they obviously strengthened well in January as mm-hmm. well. And I think with Conte, you could probably go as far as to say there aren't many managers in the world that when he's got his bit between his teeth and he's focused on yeah. something and he's such a force of nature, yeah. he can drag the whole squad mm-hmm. with him. And I don't think it's any coincidence they finished so strongly um, under him. And it's still funny to me that like when he said that like, he's got a lot of emotions mm. after the game, he didn't want to talk about his future. It's like fucking El Conte. Do not ruin this he's for me. keeping the pressure on Le- uh, Levy. Though, yeah, and it? rightly so. Because, yeah. because the, the Levy, only way... Levy will never get it right. The only way you, the only way you <laughs> can see it going wrong for Spurs is some kind of falling out over transfers. And, and and that is something that's happened with Spurs in the past. You know, If Levy doesn't put his hand in his pocket and they don't back Conte, now they're back in the Champions League, there's no excuse to not do that. Yeah. That's the only way you can see it really going wrong. And look, you know, on the um, on the Arsenal side of it, um, 
Don't brush over Son getting the golden boot. Oh, you want to do that first? Okay. Yeah. I don't think you should have it. Why? Because I think it shouldn't be shared. I think it should go down to minutes on the pitch, probably. And that means Salah would have won it. Do you think that? Yeah. I don't think I that. know. I kind but of agree. You, first of all, when the I'm glad you said minutes on the pitch and not assists. I hate that. No, that's, that's not that's not part of the exactly. that's not part of the same principle. But that's what they do in the World Cup. Yeah, I don't like that though, right? Pardon? Sorry? Pardon? Use the boot for your assist. You do. But, 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 Unless you use your head, that should come into it. The individual fucking thing is, I think, is bullshit anyway. No goals is you can yeah. But Marcus, let me let me let me explain my point. Right. If you are going to specifically say we want to give an individual award for the best goal scorer in the league, mm-hmm. you can't then give it to two people. You have to say we need a mechanism to find out who the best goal scorer has been in the well, it's league. For most season. goals, though, isn't it? It's not necessarily best goal scorer. But, but then surely it should then go down to the fact that Salah's scored more goals in fewer minutes but then some people will say well he's also taking penalties and mm. Sun doesn't take penalties for Spurs so I, I just think, I think it's a bit I of a confusing it's, thing I think it's fine to share it I really do I remember it, on, on Match of the Day they were, they were obviously scoffing at the fact that there was only 23 goals uh, yeah. that was enough for the golden boot because you've got Lineker, Shearer and Ian Wright there yeah. and Ian Wright says you remember that season when three of them got 18 I think it was Sutton? Michael Owen and maybe Chris Sutton. Sutton yeah. and yeah, well, Sutton. Was Dublin was it? I mean, it might have been Dublin. Yeah, well, maybe Could it was. Have been. And Ian Wright, Ian Wright said they, they didn't quite catch it because they kind of moved on. Ian Wright went eighteen. I'd have given it back. <laughs> 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 but uh, but Arsenal uh, five one winners at the Emirates. Jim, what yeah. a way to cap off the season. You, you know what these are? Yeah, pants. These are the keys to the pre-kend, mate. Is Thursday right? nights. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. That's where it's at. That is where it's at. Pre-kend now, mate. Oh, yeah. now you're talking. Yeah. I mean, what was great about the game was that we were all reminded of the existence of Donny van der Beek. Yes. Got um, his goal. Gave, gave, Agent, little, little free gift. Agent Awobi. Yeah, Agent, do, oh, one of our own. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the we will come on to Arsenal, but um, I was very, very happy to be in the ground to see. Everton fans realised that Man City had scored their third. That was it was fucking mad. It was, was like it? they really? celebrated as much as they celebrated their goal. It was hilarious. <laughs> Take what you can and get, to be I fair guess. to the, they were funny throughout the throughout the day. Really, they actually celebrated a couple of Arsenal goals, ironically, because they were just so relieved to still be in the Premier League. So <laughs> they were fantastic. The game was fantastic. So well, Lampard's really, really building something there. He really is. Yeah, he really okay. is. Oh, a strong sense of irony. Strong <laughs> sense of irony there. But Go yeah, on. I mean, it's been a weird season for Arsenal. They've in a in a way kind of kind of over-delivered on initial expectations, but also it's been very disappointing at the end. But the squad is, it's a thin squad. There's a lot of work that needed to be done on it. Arteta took some big, big calls in January. I think perhaps, it's easy to say with hindsight, but maybe someone like Ainsley Maitland-Niles could have stuck around to keep the squad a bit stronger. That might have made a difference. Uh, But then, you know, who who knows? But I'm still, you know, there's so many positives to take and it, I've I've enjoyed it immensely. The feeling around the club Mm. has changed so, so much. And that's, that's, that's important because it can take years to do that. Yeah, and another positive to, for Arsenal to take is obviously you mentioned Aitzing, Maitland, Niles. You know they do produce players, they give players a platform to go on and do better things. And we talk about Olivier Giroud; he just mm. won the league for AC Milan. Wonderful. Thanks to Arsenal for that. <laughs> because would he have been the player? Would he have been scoring those important goals for them if he hadn't had but, his time at Arsenal? Almost certainly not. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea as well for a bit. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, on the Arsenal side of things, I, I, I kind of half agree with Jim, which is I think it has been a season of progression for them, right? The, the job that Arteta's had to do there has mm. been sizable, to say the least. Yep. And he, he feels, he regularly seems and feels like a guy who's not just managing a first team. Like he's got so much on. Yeah. And, he, and I think he deserves a huge amount of credit for taking on what was a massive yeah, job at the very start of it. Um, but I think there's still room to be disappointed if you're an Arsenal fan. I think one is that um, those three games in April, mm-hmm. they they got even just what two or three points out of those. They they'd be yeah. they'd be in the top four. I mean, the um, and they were 
bad performances as well. Palace, Brighton, and Southampton is just yeah. unthinkable, really. I thought the way that the way they are um it's probably maybe it sounds a bit harsh. The way they performed at the at the North London Derby, I thought, was a bit of a shame yeah. as well. I was like that game. That's just how I came away from it. I thought the game against Newcastle again. God, so so at key moments, it seems to me that Arteta's still got yeah. a real big job on his hands mm. to kind of change that mentality mm. in the really key moments when it's actually hard to do so. Also, a huge problem is other than the Wolves game, they didn't come back from behind to win once. Right, um, and that is massive. Now, obviously, the the key. They don't score enough goals either, so they need to get a goal scorer in, in the summer. And I think those problems are essentially part of the same thing, right? It's harder to come from behind if you don't really score that many goals. So, I mean, it's if you look at the the, the way the table finished, you know, Spurs and Arsenal both won twenty two games, mm. um, but a couple I of draws are difference. Yeah, exactly. That that's all it is. A couple mm. of draws. That's that's the whole difference. So to 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 be up there is really really good. It's obvious where the improvement mm. needs to happen. It's got got to be goals. The mentality to come from behind needs to needs to improve a little bit, and also the you got, got to react to defeats better. Mm. You can't go on runs of of three like losing three games. But mm-hmm. I think what's good is that <clears> the things that need to improve are really really obvious. <laughs> but that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's easy to actually do it. That's mm. the next challenge, isn't it? Yeah. I I also think you know from the outside looking in, I understand if Arsenal fans don't agree with this. From the outside looking in, there's still an element with Arsenal they're just a little bit this is going to sound harsh but like a little bit cringe mm. like when when and I said this to Jim before the before the, before the show he didn't agree with me and, and obviously that's absolutely fine but I don't like to see players doing these kind of synchronised celebrations on a game like that yesterday look you've just missed out on top four for your own stupidity against your biggest rivals and it's the final home game of the season right it's a good win against a, a, a shot Everton team who are just absolutely relieved to be to be in the Premier League still it just, it just looked a bit cringe to me when they did it. I didn't really like to see it. You think of the Amazon documentary, though. It was true. Yeah, no, you have to finish it. You have to end it somewhere. Yeah. The you? point, the point is though, the rebuttal to that is is in the point itself, which is that it's the final home game of the season. The feeling between the fans and the team has been better than it's mm. been well for as long as I remember. Lift genuinely at that stadium. It's mm. it's been that's fair fantastic. enough. And you know better than me. And, so that's fair enough. And it, I think that maybe on the TV it looks like that. In the stadium, it, it's it it doesn't feel like that. Maybe I'm just old school about it because I think if that had happened at the team I support in that circumstances, I mean the players would be lucky to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think <laughs> so it would just be people would just be fuming. But I think with Arsenal, you said you said it, Luke, that that because they had top four in their grasp and they don't end yeah. up getting it's it. It's undoubtedly disappointing. There's the there's the disappointment. However, when all's said and done, and I understand the point about oh, but Arsenal could sign better players if they were in the Champions League. I don't think that would have taken them that far to be that. Is my personal opinion. I think Arsenal are at Europa League level. And I think Spurs are the ones with Conte as manager, with more undoubtedly world-class players, really with Kane and Son, than than Arsenal. I think for Spurs, that is a a, a much more sort of pressing thing, really. And I think Arsenal, it's all about the building job and mm-hmm. so on. Whereas Spurs, it's a little bit more here and now, actually. So I think I think you know, when all said and done, that's probably just about right. And I think Arsenal and Spurs fans will probably agree with me and shake my hand for saying but that. I think so. It's an eight-point improvement in terms of Premier League. Um, mm. position eighth to fifth and I think it's a platform I think what you're saying there Mark is essentially this is a platform for Arsenal totally, and yeah. I agree and a lot of it will be put in context by what they do next season and I think, they, should, and I think they, they could and should have a good time in the Europa League yes. next season and I, people might be a bit but they sneery won't. yeah well, <laughs> well could you, and should you get a chance to just it's just more games for your squad players well, and, 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 and a chance and also, to bring players through. That is that is the level. We saw what West Ham did, of course, uh, in, in the Europa League and Rangers as well, you know. So uh, there we are. But good for West Ham, though. They, uh, they'll they be in the Europa Conference League. I mean, people I'm say they have for to... Them. Absolutely gutted for them. Well, you think that they... Miss it out in the Europa League for West Ham. I know what you mean, but I, I'm just pleased that they've got European football. And actually, with the Conference League, 
good chance of winning it. Better chance of winning it. I know they just got to the semi-final of the Europa League, but actually the draw did sort of open up for, for, for you know, for, for one or two of the sides there. But again, with, with their pedigree now that they've shown this season in Europe, I think, you know. I think the danger, though, is that because they're in the Conference League and not the Europa League, it makes it harder to hang on to certain players. Possibly. Looks like Declan Rice is going to stick around. Um Though, doesn't it? And that's a big thing. Mm. That'll be a thing, big thing for other players as well. Obviously, yeah. at the time of recording. Mm. I also think with West Ham, I'm pleased they've got European football next season. Um, but really, you got to look at how football fans measure their their fandom, right? And their mm. fan. You know, if you're if you're a West Ham fan, you've probably come away from this season with some amazing memories. You've had a brilliant time that yeah. you haven't had for years. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think there's, there's still a lot of time to be really positive about West Ham. It will obviously come down to how they strengthen, mm-hmm. whether they can keep players all the rest of it, I can. I think they've got a massive chance in the Conference League mm. next season. They're miles better than the, the majority mm. of teams that will be in that competition. They've made good memories this season. They've qualified for Europe. Would you extend that to Manchester United? <laughs> I think, do you know what? The biggest, the saddest indictment mm. for Manchester United, given their history and given the size of the club they are, given the money they've spent, all the rest of it, is that actually, really, on the final day of the season, across all the broadcasters and across all the conversations that we had and we, mm. we would be witness to, just didn't get a mention. Complete not a single mention. Yeah. Not no one's and, even. And actually, I had to check their result. Their their mention is the uh, oh West Ham have not managed to do it. Yeah. To get to the Europa League, and well, then, no. therefore you think oh it must have been gone to Manchester United. Did there. you see what Ralph Rangnick yeah. said after the game? He was asked about um, Eric Ten Hag being there, and he's like, oh, I didn't know he was going to be here. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, we talked about that last week. Everyone else <laughs> seemed to know he was going to be there. Like, what is what is going on? Gary yeah. Cottrell knew he was going to be. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, they've got a meeting today. Apparently, Ten Hag and Rangnick are meeting today. What the hell is going on is probably going to be quite high on the agenda, I would sure. imagine, you, actually. Are you, which one are you? Yeah. Are you Eric? Yeah. Uh, Gary Cottrell bursting in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I, he's, he's I will have club. my soundbite. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. One of the big stories of the weekend, of course, it was Mike Dean's last ever game. Yeah. That he refereed Chelsea, obviously beat Watford 2-1. Didn't see a single yellow card. Mm. Deanie's on the beach. He looked so emotional, didn't he, at the end? Oh, what a way to blow the final whistle yeah. on your career, though. What, can, what an end to the season. Can I just say, yeah. no one's been taking the piss out of Mike Dean more than me that I know of. Mm. Right. We'll can miss I, him. Can I just say, on his, on his final day, he's risen to the very top of his profession. He's been there for a very long time. Good riddance. Uh, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say... No, we will miss him. Good, good luck to him. Yeah. He's clearly... Like he said, he's risen to the top of his profession. Oh, yeah. But you, know, you know, sometimes, obviously, referees come across for obvious reasons. Being a, you know, sometimes they come across as prats, right? Yeah. That's just part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then you see things like Mark Clattenburg getting a tattoo of the Champions League final or something. Yeah, People yeah. go, "Why well, has he done that?" Well, he's done that because he's actually risen to the very top Absolutely. you can go in your chosen profession, mm. and they deserve respect for that. If, if nothing else, on the pitch, mm. and Mike Dean's had an amazing career. I wish him all the very best. I think it's hilarious he didn't give out a single card. Yeah, that's very, very Mike Dean. Yep. Uh, he's not taken the job with PGMOL as far as I know, so we mm. won't see him again. He'd probably go and support Tranmere, um, which is his team he likes, uh, and that'll be that. And good luck to him. I, I think we will see him again. Maybe. Next year. That sounds ominous. Eurovision. <laughs> Imagine him on the masked singer. I can see that. Yeah, happening. He can do that. He can do I really that. probably already have. I don't watch yeah. it. Has he already done it? Yeah. I think we'd know. Yeah. I think that would reach us. What did you think of, um, obviously, Leicester beat Southampton 3-1, or 4-1, was it? Um, uh, the, 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 but James Ward Prowse called a set piece. Everything's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Casper uh, Schmeichel posted on, uh, on his Instagram a picture of him and Jamie Vardy handing John Moss a shirt to mark his last game. Uh, of course, as, as a referee, with the words, thank you for retiring, Mossy. Yeah. What did you um, think of that? Jamie Vardy's in the picture, so you know it's deliberate. Yeah. It's a shithousing, isn't it? I mean, surely. At least surely. Old, at least old Casper was like sort of smiling and sort of laughing, whereas Vardy was a bit too serious. 
Yeah. But then, you know, there are other things going on for him to concentrate Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Well. Maybe they just know each other fairly well. and it's Yeah, it's fun. possible, isn't it? Yeah. Who Let's knows? Hope so. Who knows? Yeah. It's fun all the way. Can I just interject to say that um, in the Chelsea-Watford game, mm. Kennedy played and got an assist and then Dan Gosling equalised for Watford. Can we... <laughs> w- there needs to be an inquiry into what fucking year this game happened <laughs> Just trying to grab the headlines <laughs> yeah. in an otherwise dead rubber of a yeah. game. I know. I yeah. bit no respect for Big Roy. No. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, yeah. Sad to see Roy go. Not for Watford fans. No. Though, after, you know. But it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a funny end to the season. I'll, when tell, you st- I'll tell you what, Marcus. Sorry to cut in, but the spectre of Roy hangs heavy <laughs> over does. a poor Fulham start next season. <laughs> if they go three or four months without yeah. getting a win, I'll tell oh, you what. Oh, God. I'd yeah. welcome him back. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. We know you would. It'll really test his mettle. Because <laughs> what will win out? What side of Marcus will win out? The side that desperately wants to understand yeah. the Premier League or the fact that you love Roy? All right, well, so it's three months in. It's yeah. a disaster. Yeah. Roy's available. Uh-huh. Lampard's available. Where's oh, your money? Roy's available. What else are you going to <laughs> uh, I would welcome him with open arms and as I open my arms he'd swoop down on one of them <laughs> I'd, I'd wear those gloves that they do and yeah. uh, I think I think we'd have to have old Roy back at some but I, Marco Silva's I think I think Europa Conference yeah, I, can, I can no way imagine Marco Silva getting uh, his head turned by a potential bigger job not now in the middle of next season not, no. with, not with a swimming pool on the stand oh them. yeah is yeah. he going to say that? Why are you staying? Because of this Paul. up there? He's Portuguese. He's probably got a bigger swimming pool at home. Has he though? We don't We don't know, Marcus. We, we can't speculate no. on that kind of thing. No. Um, we don't want to get in trouble. So there we are, everybody. Uh, that's, that's, that's it. The Premier League season's finished. Yeah. My, my goodness. Can we, can we, can we got a little, uh, a little mensch for the last round of the Bulgarian League? <laughs> Brought its own unique drama. Sounds like it. Um, Pardew is not going to get a mention here. Um, okay. Relegation candidate Celo Sofia got a last minute penalty. At which point, the club's owner came onto the pitch because he didn't want a particular player to take it. Yeah. In the end, another player took it, missed it, and they've been relegated. <laughs> <laughs> this pitch invasion is just getting out of hand, aren't they? What Very bespoke <laughs> pitch invasion, I accept, oh, but still. He sat there, oh, I'll probably look a bit of a prat now, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Imagine Levy, yeah. you know, waded yeah. in. It's a low percentage play, isn't it? I understand why he's making himself centre of attention because mm. he's probably some kind of you know egotistical president of a football club say maniac maniac he's an eager maniac <laughs> but it's like such a shit or bust thing yeah, to do it really is yeah what is that player thinking uh, I didn't I even want it <laughs> I didn't want to take it he just wants the credit he can't yeah. take it himself no, no, like, how can I the most nearly take it myself is, yeah. is that the kind of passion though that Man United fans would like to see the Glazers put, display <laughs> you know he's there you know, he wants um, it Joel Glazer's got a big scullet hasn't he has he yeah, yeah big like flicked scullet imagine if he ran on the pitch bulldog git <laughs> Imagine him in a football team. Right, everybody. Uh, oh, before we go, there's a brand new episode of the book club. Oh, Jim, sure you're on is. that. How about that today? Kate and Jim bring you an interview with one of the most important figures behind the England men's team's recent success. Owen Eastwood is credited with improving the culture and togetherness of some of the world's very best teams, including the All Blacks and England. He tells Kate and Jim all about his ideas and gives an insight into what Gareth Southgate is really like behind the scenes. I'm looking forward to this, Jim. Yep. Get over to Football Ramble Presents for that. He immediately improved the culture of Book Club. We're a lot more professional it's a, now. It's a brilliant listen. It's great. And what was it like to make it? Uh, it was fantastic. He is such a sort of calming presence. Oh. And the, the book touches on some really incredible mm. um, themes and techniques. It, it speaks a lot about um, a thing called Fakapapa, which is... It's about um, so essentially the lineage concept, of the right? culture that, yeah. that you are from and how you harness that and mm. how, you, how, you, how you use it to, to kind of motivate the current generation. And it's, um, 
the book is quite profound and he's a really, really engaging and really, really mm. interesting speaker. So please, yeah, get over to Football Ramble Presents and give it a listen. Damn right, Jim. Damn right. I, I certainly will. Um, and of course, everybody, if you're wondering, well, what's going on now? The Premier League season's finished. Where, where do we go? Well, don't worry. The Ramble rolls on uh, as normal for the next few weeks. We've got the Champions League final, of course, the playoffs, load of Nations League games. Come on, baby, it's back soon. And the small <laughs> matter of the uh, Women's Euros, of course, later on well, uh, this summer. Absolutely. So stick around and uh, we will, of course, see you tomorrow uh, for more Football Ramble juicy goodness. Um, so thank you very much for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Thank you, Luke Moore. Thanks. Thank you, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 